A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Baghdad Sound Walks. Hello, fellow travelers. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. Where should we travel to today, Dina? To be honest, Ali, I'm feeling like taking it easy. Maybe something more relaxing. After the marketplace and the mosque, I just want to chill. I've got just the thing for you. Let's make our way to the Hammam. When you say hammam, you mean the bathhouse, a public house, right? Right. But Dina, the hammam is so much, much more than that. I know that they were very popular back in the day and still are in lots of places around the world. They're called the thermai, if I can remember my Latin. It's been a little bit, but they were really popular. And they were a hangout spot for the Romans, particularly wealthy ones. In fact, some of the oldest hammams in the world are found in old Roman territories like uh, Syria and then eventually Baghdad and the rest of the Islamic world. Please, tell me what would I see? Well, first, the hammam would be located relatively close to the mosque or sometimes near the marketplace. You want it nearby because everyday activity would be around it, so it's easily accessible. Yeah, especially for Muslims, you know, throughout the day, they have to maintain a certain level of hygiene. It's very important Islamically, and even before they pray, they have to perform wudu, so I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, so hammam served in some ways a religious function, like you're pointing out, but they also had access to baths and cleanliness more broadly. And they were also incredibly social. Surprise, surprise. Everything is social in Baghdad. (laughs) Extroverts through and through. They like to hang out and relax at the same time. Honestly, it may actually be better to see them as a sort of spa rather than like a bathhouse. So if we were making our way to the hammam, we would see a structure with some type of dome and a courtyard on the outside leading to the doors. Okay, tell me more. But this is where we're going to have to part ways, Dina. Okay, that makes sense. We can't enter together. Yep, like the harem, the hammam was a pretty gendered space. In the marketplace and in public, you've got men and women that did intermingle with one another. But not the hammam, not the bath space. That's still quite similar to spa places nowadays as well. You have different spaces for different people. Yeah. So did they have different spaces like spas do today? Sometimes I think, but mostly in Abbasid Baghdad, what we're seeing is different times of the day for men and different times for women. Okay, so we'd walk in at separate times, but we'd both have access to the same hammam. Shall we take a peek? All right. So up first, we're going to see the outer chamber. This is where we take off our clothes and wrap ourselves in small cloths. That's why there are different times for men and women. Yeah, and in addition, there's going to be a sort of successive layout that's a Roman inspiration. What would that be like? There would be rooms right after one another, so one room back to back. Okay, let's keep exploring the space. I'm excited. All right. Once we've started to undress ourselves or we've gone through the undressing room, the first room up is called the cold room. 
cleverly titled because this is the room that has no heat in it. It has the attendants with the fans to keep you cool in that Baghdad heat. It's got benches and cushions so that you can sit and chill and relax. And of course, people congregate and chat and play. There were board games, sometimes music, food, and even... Oh, I know what you're going to say. Shisha. Shisha. (laughs) You know me too well, Dina. You know me too well. (laughs) Just before you carry on, Ali, what do you mean there was food? They would eat in these places. It, like food food, not snacks. Mostly fruit. Okay. So you'd have some grapes, you'd have some oranges, citruses, and chilled drinks called sherbets. Okay, what comes next? After the cold room comes the warm room. So you can see there's a logic here. (laughs) Things get even more comfortable. Here you've got fragrant incenses and steam that keeps the room warm as you lounge and just uh, let the worries of the day melt away. My eyes are closed. I'm visualizing it. Oh, there's more. Oh! There's more. This is the massage parlor. A massage parlor? Yep. For free? For free. No. Yes, this was a public service. Oh my God. Okay, everything's changed. I'm now a hundred times more excited. I thought this would be somewhere that people go to buy these services. Nope, this is a public service because hygiene is a public service. You want a healthy population. So let them get into those baths. Okay, we're not calling it a bathhouse anymore. This is officially a spa. And you said that there are different rooms with different experiences, one social and one's relaxing. And the more you move through the hammam, the more relaxing it gets, the more intimate it gets. How, what do you mean intimate? Well, if you're going from eating and chatting to massage, that's pretty intimate. I could really do with a massage. I haven't had one since like 2017. Just keep in mind though, massages and hammams tend to be really vigorous with like lots of joint pulling and hard rubbing. The idea was to kind of get the blood flowing as much as it was to relax you. I mean, I've experienced a hammam in Istanbul. First of all, one of the most awkward experiences in my life. And two, he pulled pulled my limbs in directions that my limbs don't go in. Sad story aside of your experience in Istanbul, I feel like what you're describing is, as you mentioned, a health center because I'm not going there for a nice, relaxing Thai massage. I'm going to fix my body. That's actually a really great way to think about it because in addition to the massage, you have three other big services. First, you go in there, you're going to get a nice trim. What? You're going to get your beard lined up, your hair done. This is where the barbers were hanging out and they made sure you look pretty. Then you had your physicians. So while the massage person is moving your limbs in directions that they don't go, <laughs> the physician is telling you, all right, you're, you know, you need to watch your diet and eat this particular medicine and make sure you get lots of exercise. Wow. And then they have one of the coolest cupping. Cupping is really, really popular. Have you ever heard of cupping before? I have. You'll probably be able to explain it better than me. They're still in Cairo, right? Definitely. And there's a lot of people that do it in the UK as well. It has become quite popular. But it's this sucking method that kind of brings the blood to the surface, right? I've seen it. I've never had it done. I don't think it looks too relaxing. But people swear by it. They say it's really good for your health. I'm just still not over the fact that I could go into a spa, get a massage, get some fruit, get my hair cut, 
all for free. They really had it all. Yeah, totally. You can see how the hammam wasn't just for religious cleansing because this was actually more of a social function. And you even mentioned about the physician. So this is actually connected to health. I love that you actually called it a health center. It's changed my whole world right yeah. now. I'm going to call it a health center going forward because it really was what it was. It was tied to health. We even have examples like from medieval doctors that say and prescribe, you need to go and visit the hammam. It was the most common flu remedy. If you get feeling a little congested, go and hang out in the steam rooms. And it was also recommended after childbirth as a deep cleansing for the woman, but also to really restore her muscles and her joints after childbirth. You know, it's kind of sad to hear this because I don't feel like we take care of ourselves anymore hearing this. They really had it good with this hammam. Oh my God. So after our massage, cupping and haircut, what comes next? Logically after the warm room, the hot room. (gasps) The shock. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we get to the bath portion. I'm already a little bit iffy on. I'm iffy about this too. But after the scrubbing and the rubbing, there comes the washing down with hot water and steam. And is that communal, Ali, or are you still in separate rooms for this? It's communal. Okay. The technology and architecture here is actually very interesting. To get different temperatures in each room to move around steam, to keep the water hot for the hot room, you'd really need a lot of precise designs. This is the magic of engineering. It's something that even I try to wrap my head around sometimes, just how advanced it was. I mean, the use of furnaces and vents, it was really ingenious how they were able to create the different temperatures. I read that they even had special shafts in the dome of the hot room so that it would get natural light and allow some of the steam to escape so it wasn't too hot but hot enough i love that they think of everything right (laughs) so it's a health center a community center a bathhouse who was paying for all of this mostly the caliph the abbasid empire saw it as a public good and so it was accessible regardless of wealth or class though obviously the wealthy had better services what more could you have (laughs) Probably better quality oils and incenses and better masseurs. Okay, that makes total sense. And now that we've dived into what the bathhouse is, or as you want to call it now, a health center, it does make a lot of sense because hygiene is always connected to both religion and health. Mm. So I'm guessing the Khalif frequently visited the Hammam. We do see some change here. Originally, the Khalifs did. Later on, we're going to see some private hammams for the Khalif. But originally, the Khalif and his family would use the exact same hammam as everyone else, just at different times of the day. I still find that so weird. It's a little weird. In fact, I got a story for you. The hammam, because it was public, was one of the few places that the Khalif could probably be attacked. And in fact, one of the Khalifs were. Al-Ma'moon, supposedly there was a plot in order to kill him when he went to the hammam. But he was warned of the plot in advance by his advisors and the court astrologers. So he sent someone else in his place, his advisor Al-Fadl. And what happens to poor Al-Fadl? They mistake him for the Khalif and he ends up getting killed. Oh. <laughs> horrible <laughs> messed up story, huh? Yeah. But it shows that these spaces were still very political spaces. I can always rely on you, Ali, to give me a random, exciting story. 
<laughs> I had fun in the hammam. We got a chance to relax, socialize, get a massage, wash away all our problems. And thankfully, I'm not on anyone's assassinations list. Next time, let's go somewhere even more exciting. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. This is a Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Be sure to subscribe to the Echoes of History podcast so you don't miss the next episode of Baghdad Soundwalks. See you next time, fellow travelers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.